Today we're going to be looking at, again, at Psalms, as we continue our walk through Psalms. And we're going to uh, look at today at Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And we're going to focus on just one verse today. I'm going to give you the consequences of a burden, and you guess the cause. Just think about it in your mind as I read some of these consequences of a burden that we experience in this life. It afflicts 70 million Americans and is faulted for 38,000 deaths each year. The condition annually costs the U.S. $70 billion worth of productivity. Teenagers suffer from it. Studies show that 64% of teens blame it for poor school performance. Middle-aged people face it. Researchers say that most severe cases occur between the ages of 30 and 40. Senior citizens are afflicted by it. One study suggests that the condition impacts 50% of the over 65 population. Treatments involve everything from mouth guards to herbal teas to medication. Any idea what's being described here? What's that? Grinding it. No, okay. Anxiety. Anxiety, okay, good, good guess. Depression, depression, okay, rest, sleep. Rest is one of the most important elements in the cycle of life. Approximately one-third of our lives is spent in periods of rest. In most cultures around the world, rest is built into the workday. Even the Sabbath ritual is founded on the principles of rest. For even God himself rested so as to solidify for all mankind that rest is essential to life. God planned it that way for us to have rest. Sound bodies, souls, and spirits are predicated upon rest. God commanded us to rest. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. Still there are times, we have to admit, that when rest eludes us, sometimes we are, someone had mentioned it, anxious, too anxious, maybe depressed, or depression plagues us, or perhaps there's too much commotion and uh, uh, chaos going on that prevents us from sleep. Sometimes we are in pain or distress or burdened by the cares of the world. Sometimes we cannot identify the source of our restlessness. How many of you have oftentimes have not been able to sleep at night because of all the things that are going on in your head and, 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 you, and you had no idea why you were restless? Or maybe you woke up the next day and even though your eyes were closed and you were so-called asleep, you did not feel rested. And we didn't know what caused this restlessness. Sheep are very restless animals. 
And I mentioned sheep because in the, the book of Psalms, especially in Psalm 23, uh, the King David, the, the psalmist, talks about, he refers to the sheep and refers to the good shepherd. And he talks about the sheep. They don't hold up well under pressure. They are easily led astray and almost anything and everything will keep them up and uh, up, off of their, uh, up on their feet running to and fro even to the point of passing out from exhaustion. And all these different things that will plague them and keep them from sleeping. Often the shepherd literally, literally has to force the sheep to lie down and to rest. Likewise, our good shepherd, our Lord, forces us to lie down in quietness and stillness that we may rise up with the newness of life. It is difficult to find rest in the midst of noise, isn't it? When stuff is going on, to, to find that quietness, to, to find rest when, when there's a lot of chaos going on. And, and quiet, on the other hand, is associated with peace and contentment. The Good Shepherd provides quiet places for his sheep to rest. Can we experience quiet in the midst of noise? Can we? I've often asked myself that question. Can we do that? Is that possible? I see people that are able to do it. I've experienced it. But, uh, I, you know, I uh, often question how, how do we do that? And, and so I think the answer is yes, we can do that. That God prov provides a provision that allows us to be able to find quiet in the midst of commotion and, and chaos in our lives. How many of y'all have ever found a, uh, a novel that you just couldn't put down and, and you were reading it and, and no matter where you were, and I've seen this happen, I'm not as good at it as my daughters, but I mean, when my daughters have a novel they're reading, I mean, the house could be burning down and they would be focused on that novel focused on the novel and and so how many have ever done that you've you've, you've had a novel where you, you just couldn't put it down and nothing would distract you from reading that novel what is it about that that allows us to do that the psalmist I believe was able to experience quiet in the midst of chaos because he was focused on what mattered and I believe that that's what allows us to be able to find quiet in the midst of chaos. And that what the psalmist is talking about in verse 2, he says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He realized that it was not just up to him to find that quietness. It wasn't just up to King David to, to be able to, to find that peace. He knew that it was, it was up to God. That God would, would provide uh, that provision. That God would uh, cause him to lie down in places where he could find rest. God provides... I lost my place. <laughs> Quietness requires blocking out everything that is inconsequential to knowing God. 
being able to block out anything that doesn't matter. Just as we, when we're reading a, a great novel, that anything that doesn't pertain to that novel, anything that doesn't, uh, uh, that is not focused on the novel, we're able to, to, uh, to, to zero that out. And, and so God has provided this, this way in which we can uh, focus on him and uh, it requires tuning out the, the tyranny of the urgent. Um, when I say tyranny of the urgent, uh, what I mean by that is, haven't there been some times in your life where, you, uh, where things uh, um, demand your attention or things that, uh, that will cry out in, uh, for your attention, maybe material things or whatever it may be, and they're really things that are inconsequential. They're things that don't really matter. But yet we are so distracted by these things that seem to cry out for our attention and say, I am important. And so we must be able to tune out the tyranny of the urgent. God provides quiet places for his sheep to rest. And as the good shepherd, he also directs us to lie still. In that verse 2 he says, He leads me beside the still waters. In the clamor and chaos of life, we are fatigued and we suffer loss. Prolonged fatigue can lead to hopelessness and despair and can distort our sense of possibilities and, and, uh, and the truth that is before us. It is the word of God that commands us to be still and know that I am God. Now I've heard that verse many a times and I believe it, but I've struggled with that. What does that mean? And I'm not very good at it, I will admit. My personality, I'm a, I have an anxious personality. I'm an extrovert and, and so it, it is hard for me to just be still and to trust God. How does one do that? How can we find calm in the middle of chaos? How can we be still and know that he is God? And I can think back on my life and remember a few times that I was actually able to truly be still and know that he is God. A couple times that I recall doing that uh, I was, uh, it was while I was deployed to Iraq in 2003 to 2004. And I was in a battalion aid station ministering to uh, wounded soldiers after a mortar attack. And, and there was a lot of chaos going on and, and medical professionals uh, busying themselves and providing treatment for these soldiers that were badly wounded. And there I was in the midst. And God just uh, enabled me and allowed me to be able to calm them and to pray for them and to be with them during this difficult time. However, I will still have to admit that I have not excelled at this one point in my life. I think some people are better at it than others, maybe because of personality, maybe because they've just been through uh, uh, such difficult things in their lives that... Uh, you know, that anything else beyond that just seems like a piece of cake for them. But for me, it has been difficult. 
as I have reflected upon it this past week in, in preparation, thinking about what enabled me at those times in my life to be able to be calm, to be able to be still, and know that He is God. And I've come up with one common denominator. It's confidence. Confidence. Confidence in me? No. Confidence in God. Jesus, uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, he says, Be confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it till the day of Jesus Christ. Confidence in Jesus. I cannot explain it any other way. As we examine the words of the psalmist, we see the same attribute in David. He had full confidence in God. We see this in his encounter with Goliath. As everybody was shaking in their boots at this guy. I mean, he must have been a, a sight to behold. A, 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 li a living terror on the battlefield. And as he taunted the people of God. And David just sort of looked at it and sort of like laughed. And said, like, are you kidding me? This man defied God, the living God who created the, the earth, even created Goliath. How dare he? And he had the confidence. He walked onto that battlefield with, with a couple of stones and a slingshot. And he slew the giant. It was nothing to him. It was a walk in the park. Why? It wasn't because of his confidence and his own abilities to, to throw a rock and hit him between the eyes. It was his confidence in God. As he knew that God would deliver him. He had confidence in God. We see it also in his dealings with his father-in-law, Saul, who sought to kill him. Now, I'm not trying to sound super spiritual or anything, but it is this one thing, self-reliance, that disrupts more rest than anything else. As we think that somehow... That we can handle it. That we can gain control of our hang-ups in our lives. That we can gain control of the, the trials of our life. That yeah, I, I, I've got this, God. God, just, I'll be alright. I can get it. I'll let you know when I need you. I'll pray. And not with David. And not with the Apostle Paul. And not with many of you who have learned to be still and know that he is God in the midst of the storm. I know many of you have. I've heard your stories. I've heard how you've learned to, to rely less on yourself and to rely on a God that is almighty and all-powerful and is able to do anything to help you to overcome any obstacle in your life. It is the good shepherd that provides those quiet places in times of rest. He also directs us to be still. Be still and be confident in him. And I tell you what, if we learn to do that, he will dazzle us with his might and his power. And he will bless us beyond belief. He will provide, he will mend our broken hearts. He will take those broken 
dreams and those broken things in your life and he will put them back together and make you better than you could ever imagine. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known unto God. And what does the Bible say? In the peace of God that surpasses all human comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that verse. I'm still learning how to do that, by the way. I'm 54 years old. I've been in ministry over 25 years, and I'm still learning, still learning. But there's hope. No matter how old you think you may be or, or how far gone you may feel like you are or, or no matter how uh, messed up your life or how broken your life has become, it's never too late to turn to God. I mean, he is always waiting waiting there for you. He says, ask and, and, and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Often, after a good night's rest, the things that seem so daunting and surmountable late in our midnight hours are manageable in the light of day. I know that... Uh, there's been many a times, uh, nights oftentimes are a difficult time for me, especially if there is nothing to fall back on. Take away my TV, watch movies or a show, and if I'm all alone, it's hard. The night can become very lonely, can't it? But you know, some of us have, learned, have experienced being loneliness even in the midst of a crowd. And the neat thing is that even though the, as the hours, is, and, and, uh, wintertime is always a hard time for me, especially in January when you've got cold, rainy weather. And I grew up in Florida where you had warm, rainy weather. And the summer showers, I loved them. And I love the nights, especially out on the beach at night. I, I could stay out on the beach at night all the time and, and hear the waves and the calmness and the still. And talking about stillness, oh, wow. I used to love when I was growing up. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I used to be a surfer. Uh, wasn't a good surfer, but I could actually get on the board and stay on the board at least for two seconds. Um, and I would love going early in the morning and you would get out there, and it was before the summer showers of Florida would, would, would come up around 11, 12 o'clock. You'd have those midday showers. But before all that, at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're sitting down on, the, on your surfboard out on the water, and the water is like glass. Beautiful like glass and calm and still. And I, I can't help but think that there's certain things that God has created in this planet to remind us, to be a reflection of, hey, this is what you can experience in me. You can experience a calm that is like glass, that's serene, and with peace that is beyond our human comprehension. 
But when we do have those days where it just seems like, the, you know, by midday things are going wrong. You ever have one of those days where it just seemed like one thing after another. From the time you got up, it was bad. Or you're going through a struggle and, and, and tempted to, to make a wrong decision and you really struggle with it throughout that day and, and into the night and you're lonely and it just seems like a really horrible time. Maybe you, your family is away and you're by yourself, you're on TDY. I know many of us have experienced that in the military. We're away on TDY somewhere and we're in a hotel by ourselves away from our family. And it's very dark and lonely sometimes, isn't it? But joy comes in the morning his mercies are new every morning great is his faithfulness let us pray to gracious heavenly father Lord help us to learn and sometimes it's hard learning but help us, Lord, to just be still and learn to just rest in your arms no matter what our circumstances are, to learn to have confidence as David had confidence in you and knowing that no matter what life throws at us, God, you've got our back. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.